The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bets with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, May the 23rd, currently 1131 on the East Coast. Here to recap what we saw in the Western Conference Finals last night in the Handicap Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. But helping me to break it all down here, you guys know him as a voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, and of course here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, what's going on, my man? How you doing? And doing pretty well. Uh, had a mixed bag for results yesterday. Ended up splitting my lock and dog. I had Reeves over 17 and a half points, and for some reason, he only took two threes, and he finished with 17 on the dot which kind of sucks. However, I did have KCP three plus threes at plus 240, and I believe that cashed in the first quarter. So I ended up splitting the lock and dog. Uh, besides that, for the side in total, not great. Leading to the Lakers, that turned out, I don't want to call it a bad beat, but when you're up by roughly 15 at half, you'd probably assume you're going to win that one. Yep. And the total's a brutal beat that nobody's talking about because that game <laughs> absolutely died. But I yeah. leaned to the over on that too. So not the greatest day, but at least KCP came through. Yeah, uh, we'll get into the we'll get into the game here in a minute here. But also joining us, he is dressed for the funeral of the LA Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. playoff, Lante. Lante, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Yeah, man. Uh, sad day, but I mean, I saw it coming. But uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good though. Outside of that, uh, hopefully we get a a little bit more extensive series tonight. So rooting for Boston to extend the series so we can get at least one more uh, basketball game before the finals. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm not sure the last time I remember uh, both conference finals being sweeps. Um, but I don't think it's ever happened. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I, I something to look up for sure. But um, we'll we'll yeah we'll we'll see what happens tonight. We'll talk about that game game four. We do have Scott Foster on the game here tonight. Oh yeah. Um, not sure if he's living up to the extender name anymore, more like the extinguisher, but we'll get into that. But yeah, I mean, look, Scott mentioned it. Um, you mentioned it. We all mentioned it. Lakers one, two, three Cancun. They get swept by the Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, Scott alluded to it. They were up by what? Eight, uh, six to eight points in the first quarter, double digits at the half. And it, ju- it was just a tale of two halves uh, last night in the Western Conference Finals between the Denver Nuggets and the LA Lakers. Uh, Denver in the second half yesterday outscores the LA Lakers 55 to 38. They get the two point victory and sending themselves to the NBA finals. Nikola Jokic did take home the magic Johnson Western conference MVP. If I'm not mistaken, it was named after magic Johnson, um, 30 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists. Jamal Murray, uh, did have 25 points last night, 0 of 4 from three-point land. Um, I know Terrell and Scott talked about KCP being that guy for this Denver Nuggets team. He finished up with 13 points, 3 of 7 from three-point land. Uh, it was pretty much a seven-man rotation last night for the Denver Nuggets. You can maybe say six-man rotation I, I was last night. Say six. Yeah, because <laughs> Jeff Green but... played 10 minutes, but it was mostly about six guys. Bruce Brown came off the bench, played 20 minutes. Um, Michael Porter Jr. finished up with a double-double. 
15 points, 10 rebounds. On the flip side, guys, uh, LeBron did the best that he could. He led the way with 40 points last night for the L.A. Lakers. He did start the game 4-4 from three-point land. I'm pretty sure everybody saw that uh, attempted lob uh, Mm -hmm. that ended up going into the basket for him. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes that's how you kind of change your fortunes, but he did fall one assist short of a triple-double. Anthony Davis, 21 points, 14 rebounds. All five starters were in double figures for their Lakers, but just not enough. Um, Scott, takeaways from this series, and I know we'll talk a lot about uh, offseason stuff about teams that need to make moves, but I think we all may agree or we talked about that the, the Western Conference winner would probably be the team to beat in the NBA Finals. But has that tune changed for you? And what were your kind of takeaways from the series between the Lakers and the Nuggets, Scott? I would say nothing's really changed. Just thinking that the Western Conference was the better conference from the start of the playoffs. You could argue Mm -hmm. going into the playoffs, once you had Milwaukee and a couple of these potential world beater teams, that the Eastern Conference was better. But I think everyone knew roughly in the first round that the West was actually the force to be reckoned with, so to speak. So I do think at the end of the day, nothing's really changed for me. I was on the Mothership show last night, and I guessed that the Nuggets would be around minus 300 against the Heat. And I was told about five minutes later the Nuggets are minus 300 against the Heat on the lookhead markets. I'm not surprised. According to the uh, the sports book software, whatever you want to call it, the Heat have been, I'd say disrespected for a month at this point. So I'm not totally shocked that Denver is a pretty substantial favorite there if they would play against the Heat. But overall, once again, I feel like everybody's faded Miami, or a lot of people have considered them to be a little bit of a Cinderella story and potentially the Cinderella story ending with each passing around, and they keep you know passing every test. I think Denver would beat Miami. But then again, I thought that Boston and I thought that Milwaukee would. So I don't know if that means anything anymore. (laughs) But I do think if I was going to pick a series between Denver and Miami, I would still lean to like Denver in six. It would be a great series. I don't care about the TV rating nonsense. As a basketball fan, it would be a hell of a time. But I just think that Denver... I kind of mentioned it in the Mothership show. I don't want to go into the same rant that I gave or the same explanation. But it just feels like the entire Eastern Conference, besides Miami, is extremely weak mentally. And mm-hmm. Miami is just able to absorb any type of negative blow that they deal with and overcome it. And I cannot really say the same for any other team in the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee won a title, but with Budenhoser, they've been known to be playoff chokers in the past, and they've been relatively soft. The Knicks, you could argue Randall's mentally soft, but still they were somewhat tough mentally. They just weren't talented enough. And you have Boston, who's been rolling over every step they can, uh, every step of the way. So it just feels to me that Miami has been able to punk a bunch of teams, and Denver would not be able you'd not be able to do that to Denver as well, because Denver actually has a couple of guys who are willing to deal with adversity in a relatively normal way or effective way. And I can't say the same about other teams in the East. So I'd still lean to Denver if that was the matchup I was getting. I'd probably pick Denver in six, but I definitely wouldn't count Miami out. I would not price Denver at minus 300 if I had to do it myself. But based on where Miami's been priced recently, 300 was my guess. I would probably put Denver like minus 160 if I had to price it myself. Yeah, I thought it would be less than $2 as well. Um, I think minus 300 is outrageous. I I Um, didn't think it was going to be less than two. That's just where I would put it. I thought it was going to be at minus three. Yeah. 
Um, I think both of these teams, if if Miami does indeed close it out within the next with with what they have four outs right now, I think they get it done tonight. We'll get into the game here in a minute, but both of these teams are are playing with a chip on their shoulder, right? We've read a lot and and seen a lot and heard a lot of Mike Malone's post game conferences after this Lakers series that you know they've kind of felt disrespected that. They thought that the Lakers would come in and, and just take care of business against this Denver Nuggets team, but it's been quite the contrary, obviously, with the sweep that the Denver Nuggets gave to the LA Lakers. And I mean, give a lot of credit to Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., uh, KCP, Bruce Brown. I mean, all those guys stepped up in every single game uh, for the Denver Nuggets to go ahead and, and seal um, their or, or punch their ticket to the NBA Finals. So. Delante, uh, thoughts from the Western Conference Finals? Um, did anything surprise you? I'm, I am surprised that it was a sweep. Um, Lakers were in these games. With I mean, if you're going back to the first two games, like they were in the games, but they yeah. just didn't have enough mm-hmm. in in the end. They were they were in every game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in theory, just I'm just surprised they weren't able to to close. I mean, they were so poised against Golden State and and Memphis. Even Memphis being shorthanded, I thought that the Lakers would be able to at least get. A game or two, I thought it would end in six. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Denver's execution and the way they were playing defensively was just on another level. I know me and Scott both talked about Denver's defense being somewhat of the underrated story in the playoffs, and I thought that they turned it up a notch, whereas the Lakers' side on the defensive side, it was just more so. Uh, I don't know if they just were outmatched or if they were just not – uh, maybe they were confused. I'm not sure what was going on, but I thought Denver basically won the series with their defense and their ability to be able to switch guys on to AD and LeBron and force at least one of them to just, you know, have that 40 point game to try and beat them. I mean, we yeah. saw LeBron fall short mm-hmm. and, you know, he, I didn't think, I didn't think much of it outside of, you know, the Lakers just being swept. Um, I thought that, Denver's offense would give the Lakers defense problems, not to this extent, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think anything else was shocking um, outside of it being a sweep. It was a competitive, you know, four games. It wasn't like, you know, Denver yeah. blew them out. So yeah. um, I give Denver a lot of credit, man. I, I think Denver is, is one of the more underrated teams. Um, they have been going into the, going into the season. Um, but yeah, man, the Lakers got some work to do in the off season. I know we saved that for another time. I mean, yeah, you were kind of dancing around it, but can we just acknowledge that a big reason or a big explanation for what you're referring to is just AD being extremely inconsistent offensively? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, on we, both we, sides, on both sides of the ball, on both sides too. Well, on yeah. one side is against Jokic, and you can't really stop Jokic at all. So you know, it is what it is. Jokic hits two shots over his head. I'm not going to yell at you about it, but still. Yeah. <laughs> The AD, you mentioned the offense, and that's definitely true because Denver's defense has been a point of criticism for months up to this point. And yet AD at times was either disinterested or just completely neutralized by Denver. And LeBron still had a great statistical series. I know in the fourth quarter he wasn't exactly the greatest, but still his numbers were very good. And once again, he went for 40, uh, 10 and 9 yesterday, mm-hmm. 31 points in the first quarter, but still. It really just came down to AD not being able to put consistent pressure on Denver's defense. And we saw it in game one when he had 40 and change. And you thought, okay, you know, Jokic and AD, they're about to go at it. And then AD, I don't want to say no-showed the rest of the series offensively, but he set the bar way too high with his game one experience that we all assumed he'd at least break 30 at some point. And he was kind of just mediocre. That's kind of how it looked for me. 
at least for a potential superstar, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I mean, look, Joker is a, a matchup nightmare for anyone, right? And um, I think just talking about the X's and O's when we do do our uh, NBA Finals preview, um, when Miami does or if Miami gets it done, I think they will. But it's going to be really fun to talk about because there's just so many different matchups and and. Um, strengths and that both teams have that can kind of combat each other. So that's going to be fun to d- definitely get into. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk a lot about the offseason teams and moves that teams need to make in the offseason. We'll, you know, we'll talk about Lakers and all the other teams, of course. But, you know, look, congrats to the Denver Nuggets. They advanced to the NBA Finals, and now they wait for their opponent, whether that's the Boston Celtics or the Miami Heat. Uh, um, before we get into the game for guys, let me tell everyone about the newest sponsor on the sports gambling podcast network. That is going to be edge boost. Have you signed up for edge boost yet? If not, you're missing out. Edge boost is the world's first bet. Now pay later visa card, similar to buy now pay later programs. Edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and in payback that advance over four equal and weekly installments. That's right. 0% interest. Simply deposit funds into your account and Edge Boost will match the deposit so you can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances, up to $2,500 you can add to your bankroll. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. Must be 21 or older only invalid, only valid in legal gambling states. If you have a problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, guys, uh, game four between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat is tonight. Miami Heat have a 3-0 lead. Uh, as it stands right now, I currently see the Miami Heat are a one-and-a-half-point home favorite. Total is between around 216 to 216-and-a-half right now. Um Delonte, lead us off here with the spread here. Miami minus one and a half, minus one twenty on the money line. What are you thinking about the game here tonight? Yeah, full disclosure, I've been wrong every game in the series except for the total. I've been wrong. <laughs> you know, to <laughs> you know. I've, I've been wrong every game. So I've been on Boston every game. So I might as well just keep it going and and play them on the money line here. I mean, I don't know if they can play any worse. Can they? I don't know if they can. I mean, just no effort, no energy. Um, I think they'll come out just like the Lakers came out. Uh, they'll come out fighting, hitting some shots, getting those other guys involved. They only played Robert Williams 12 minutes, so they went more small, which I thought was more effective. But they kind of the game kind of got away from them. Uh, there was some foul trouble in there too, but yes, they went. Yeah, so late in the late in the second quarter, I thought it kind of got away from them whenever they went on that. Uh, whenever the Heat went on that run. Uh, I think Struess hit – nobody was guarding him in transition. He had a wide-open three. Uh, Duncan Robinson hit a corner three, and I thought the, the tide shifted there. Uh, but I think the Celtics, they have to come out and fight. Um, so I'm going to leave their They don't have to. You just hope they will. Yeah, they yeah. To, but... yeah for, for my pocket's sake, I'm, I'm hoping yeah. they do. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, because Miami – if it's one team that I trust to, like, literally put a team in the dirt, it's Jimmy Butler in Miami – but on the other end, I mean, I don't know if Miami can continue to shoot 50-plus percent from, from deep and from the field. I mean, the Celtics by far had the one of the better defenses in the league um, coming into the playoffs. They kind of fell off uh, during the Atlanta series, but it picked back up against um, Philly. So I think they can put it together for one game, get it back to Boston, and, and see what happens. So I'm going to bet the Celtics here uh, plus the one and a half. Scott? So congrats to Miami for winning. 
I'm taking Miami. <laughs> uh, not just because Delonte's taking Boston. Yeah, yeah. But I do think at the end of the day, you can argue or worry about a look-ahead spot potentially. You know, everyone's already crowning Miami in the NBA Finals, and you could argue that Boston has had some moments where they've responded well to adversity on occasion. It's not going to happen because Miami lost to this exact same team last year. And with Jimmy Butler being in charge of the overall, I'd say, mindset of the team, and after what he said in the in the post-game press conference last year in Game 7, Miami's not going to overlook Boston. They're going to try to bury this team. And I think as a result, they're going to end up being able to take care of business here. Of course, I'm going to put both of you on the spot by asking a question, but when have either of you ever seen a team completely quit in a must-win game, which was Game 3, and then respond with any good effort in game four or, or the following game. I don't think I've ever seen it. I yeah. think you're probably going to see Boston roll over again if things go poorly. I think that the nail in the coffin for me, and I'm on Miami as well for full disclosure tonight, is when Joe Mazzula, in so many words, after game three said, yeah. I, I lost the locker room and I don't have the guys ready. I didn't have the guys ready to play in game three. You're down 0-2. You're going into Miami with your backs against the wall, and you didn't have your guys ready to play in a, in a do or die situation. I, I, and I, again, you okay? That's one thing. And then you take a look at Jalen Brown's post game interviews as well. I, I think that this is probably if, if tonight, if they don't win tonight, this is probably his last game as, as a member of the Boston Celtics, in my opinion. But Again, that's an off-season conversation. Um, well, you mentioned Missoula. Sorry, just to interrupt. You mentioned yeah. Missoula basically saying he lost the locker room. And one, you can't say that. I po- I posted that on Twitter a couple days ago. You can't say you lost the locker room as a coach. You just guaranteed yourself to get fired, basically. I think yeah. he was going to get fired anyway, but still. Mm. On one hand, Missoula did a poor job preparing his guys. On the other hand, that doesn't explain bad effort. The yeah. Celtics at no point in Game 3 looked like they even wanted to bother. Besides right. Grant... And Grant Williams got a lot of flack for, you know, talking trash to Butler in game two and getting Butler going. At least he's shown some effort. He's shown some heart. He's shown something. Jalen Brown, I understand he's trying to, you know, make some cryptic comments about whatever. What have you done? The entire yeah. series. Why are you trying cooked. to trash talk your teammates? You're getting cooked, bro. And, like I understand that Jalen Brown was a, I believe he was a, was he a second team All NBA guy this year? Third team yeah, All NBA. Yeah, yeah, he was saying. He was second he really? team all NBA. Yeah, yeah, he was second. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so the, he's an all star. You know, he's had a great year. But at the same point, in terms of the team hierarchy, why would anybody want to think that you're worthy of giving criticism to teammates when you've basically no showed the entire series? That's the problem that I have. I just feel like Boston's too dysfunctional, and people once again will blame it on Missoula. I blame a lot of the execution in the fourth quarter on Missoula. It's also going to fall down from Tatum and, and Brown where. There's no leadership on the team. And once again, if you're going to be pointing fingers and blaming other guys and smarts telling Jimmy Butler to shut his mouth because they won last year and proceeded to lay an egg in the finals, I don't know what to tell you. Like this team is just extremely dysfunctional. And even though Missoula, once again, might not have had his guy, his his team ready to play, that doesn't explain no showing a game in terms of effort. Nobody on Boston gave a crap about the game. And that's a serious red flag to me. I think that this team is mentally weak, and I think they're probably going to roll over again. Yeah, and I think outside of Jimmy Butler as well, you talk about guys, veterans like Kyle Lowry. 
I know Udonis Haslam has had his moments as during the regular <laughs> season about calling teams out. They should have played him in game three when they were up 30. They by should the way. Have, you had yeah. Haslam chance in the arena. You should have got him in. Yeah. But. So um, you're right. I think that the, the, the leadership has been um, or the leaders or lack thereof for Boston has. Who's been, the leader, though? There is Al no. Horford That's is Al prematurely Horford. calling timeouts to taunt the other team. You have Marcus Smart throwing punches yeah. midway through game. Who's their leader? Like that's yeah. the problem. So, and again, I, I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the series. I said they definitely have the better coach. They now seems like they do have the best player on the floor as well in the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler. I know Jason Tatum has had good scoring nights, but he hasn't really gotten the support. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, uh, getting back to the spread here, I, I think that, yeah, Miami does get it done here tonight. Um, Jimmy Butler... As the leader of this Miami Heat team, he knows that hey, we we don't want to go back to Boston. Let's not fuck around. Let's let's close the series out on our home floor. Let's punch our ticket to the NBA Finals, and then uh, we'll have a different discussion at that point. Uh, total is currently sitting at two sixteen, guys. Uh, Scott, anything on the total here? I have no clue because game game three went over because you had like seventy points in garbage time for the entire fourth yeah. quarter. So I don't even know what to make of that game. I guess I'm going to lean to the over. I don't feel good about it, but once again, I question Boston's actual effort defensively, and Boston's defense was really their claim to fame last year, and Miami's averaging 120-plus points per game in this series, and I feel like not enough people have talked about it. Miami's gotten whatever they wanted the entire series, and Boston offensively has been good for the most part until the fourth quarters, and I'm hoping that they can maybe keep it going in this game. I have no clue for the total, because once again, I don't know what effort I'm going to get from Boston. So I think I'd feel better about a Miami team total over or maybe a Boston team total under. But once again, if I question the overall effort, especially on defense for one of these teams, I guess I'm going to lean to the over. But once again, I don't know what to expect. Yeah, I really like the team total over here tonight for Miami. Like you mentioned, they have uh, gone over their team total in every single game thus far in this series. Uh, They've scored 128, 111, and 123. Um, and again, like you mentioned, Boston's defense, they've let Miami get whatever they want, especially, I know Delonte, you brought up the point about if you don't think that Miami's going to knock down their shots, but the fact is that Miami has gotten so many open looks that you're going to knock down more than you're not. Uh, right. So I think that, you know, we'll get into player props here in a second, but I think that's going to continue here tonight. And I think, again, I just kind of keep on going back to the coaching mismatch that Eric Spolstra, whether that's at, at the end of the first quarter, or at the end of the first half, he makes those adjustments for his offense to have success against his defense. And again, we know Miami really also prides himself on the defensive end. Talk about guys like Jimmy Butler, um, Bam Adebayo, um, the wing guys with Caleb Barton, Gabe Vincent, those guys have all been putting up the defensive effort. And Scott, I think that's something that you you know have talked about in this series in particular is that a team takes on the personality of their leader, and that is Jimmy Butler, who prides himself more so on the defensive side of the basketball that's going to win games for them. So as far as the total, yeah, I, I do lean with the over, but I think what Scott mentioned is my more favorite play, was I was going to say is as well, is the Miami Heat team total over here tonight. Uh, Delonte, thoughts on any team totals or the game total here tonight? Yeah, so I have been good on the totals, though. Uh, but I think that the, I think it goes under tonight. I think Damn Boston... It. 
We I mean, just I, disagree I, on that. <laughs> okay. No, because because look, because I mean, like you guys' point, like I, I'm not dis- I'm not disagreeing with it, but the way that I'm envisioning the game to go and me like in Boston, I'm thinking that they have to ramp up the intensity and that starts on the defensive end. So if they're able to at least limit some of those open shots and at least make it tough, now if they make tough shots, fine. But when I, like you said, they've been making wide open shots. Like how many times have we seen Duncan Robinson and Caleb Martin shoot and the nearest defender is probably within the paint, like not even yeah. like five or six yeah. feet. And NBA. Robinson com- was getting good looks as a pick and roll ball handler. It was code red for Boston's defense right. in game three. That's not <laughs> a good sign. Right. And so NBA.com, if you um if you look at their advanced uh like statistics, they have a stat that shows like nearest defender and it's like zero to three feet, and I think like uh mm-hmm. four to ten, like all of the shots that are considered open, like Miami has a really, really high bar as far as shooting open looks. I mean, it's just like shooting practice. So I think that's all effort. I don't think that has to do anything with scheme or or Missoula. I think that's just an effort thing. And I think, I mean, just me thinking of how the game is going to go, I think Boston at least gives somewhat of an effort. Now, if they lose, then they lose, fine. But at least lose with some effort and some pride. I mean... I do want to push back a little bit, though. Why do you think they're going to give effort in game four after completely no showing a must-win game three? I feel like that's the question that's kind of... Is there a right way to fully answer because it's all speculation? But I am curious why you think Boston, after completely not caring in game three, is suddenly going to care and actually put good effort in for this game and maybe the next couple games. Well... I don't have an answer for you, so I'm sorry. I don't, okay, I don't fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I just, it's just. It's just how I envision the game going. I really don't. I really don't have an answer for it. I mean, I understand as far as them not playing, you know, to their level all series, but I mean, just as a competitor, I mean, you know, they they gotta they gotta have something in them. I mean, to be able to at least compete. And I also think that the game got so far out of hand so fast that they didn't know what to do. So it kind of like shocked them. Uh, so I guess that would somewhat answer your question, but in all in all likelihood, I have no fucking idea. I'm just I'm betting on Boston to win the game. <laughs> all I know is put that on about, put that uh, on I, I forgot who posed the question, but I believe on the show I asked or I was asked, I don't remember, which team is less likely to get swept. And I lean to the Lakers. I, I thought the Lakers would potentially steal one, but mostly because at least I knew they were giving good effort in a game in, game out basis. I, I can't even describe how embarrassing that game three showing was for Boston. That is one of the worst quit jobs I've seen since, and you could argue Phoenix is in a separate category because of the 30 point blowouts at halftime in their elimination games the last two years. But I mean, that was just sad. There's really no way around it. So I I can understand what Delonte is saying. If Boston does give good effort, they were leading in game one and game two before they choked it. The problem is after game three and maybe Jalen Brown's already focused on the contract and maybe Boston's already focused on the next head coach and Missoula's coaching for his job potentially and he already lost the locker room. There's too many variables here. There's more variables that suggest Boston's going to once again no-show this game than give good effort. I think Miami, who's been undefeated at home after losing to Atlanta in the play-in game, I just think that atmosphere is going to be too much to handle for Boston. And once again, if Boston, you don't trust them late in games when they're up double digits, and you don't trust them when they fall behind early, when do you trust this Boston team at this point? Because I don't even trust them if they're up double digits. So I'm going to lean to Miami. Okay, check this out. So this is my thing. So Boston has been getting open looks. They just haven't been making them. So if if half of those looks fall and then 
Miami, they play a, a little bit better defensively, and Miami's looks doesn't fall. It might balance it out and make it a little bit better. It's about intensity for me, though. It, yeah. as, as cliche as it sounds, I know for a fact Miami wants it more. And as crazy as it sounds, because once again, they made the finals last year, and they're against a team that they had a war with last year that went seven, and Jimmy Butler's been trash-talking the entire team. Nobody has really just shown any heart besides, once again, Grant Williams. And when Grant Williams is your main guy showing energy, you're probably screwed. And yeah. realistically, I think that until Boston shows me consistent effort for a full 48, I don't believe they're going to wait until they're down 3 nothing to give me their best effort in a week and a half. That's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean, look there. Yeah, I think the all-in effort was supposed to be in game three, and we saw what happened in game three for the Boston Celtics. So, I mean, how do you pick yourselves up after that when history is not on your side, when no team ever in NBA history has come back down from a 3-0 deficit, you got blown out, You your head coach doesn't know what he's doing half of the time, or most of the time, I should say, um, and your second-best player has been really inconsistent as far as scoring the basketball. So, and again, it just comes down for me is that Eric Spolstra has been calling those timeouts at the right times when Boston has been going on those runs, when it's kind of been the opposite for Joe Missoula. So, even the look, zone even if Boston, stuff, at least Miami tries to throw you off rhythm. Yeah, like Boston's been letting Miami do whatever it wanted for the first three games. Even if the zone is ineffective in small spurts, at least it gives the other team something to think about. It feels like Boston's played the same exact defense for three games with the occasional double team on Butler for about three minutes in game three, and they just never went back to it again. Yeah, and it's just like, it feels like the Boston Celtics are just hoping that the Miami Heat just missed their shots. That gives them an opportunity to win this Shit game. But yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys, before we get into our player props here for game four, uh, let me tell everyone about Shady Rays and Shady May. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN. For Shady May, not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win five hundred dollars shady maze have you covered from the sun to the slope with premium polarized shades customizable snow goggles and much more shady rays have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us it will send you a brand new pair no questions asked if you don't love them exchange for a new pair or turn them free within 30 days there's no risk when you shop with shady race their team always has your back and our international listeners, Shady Rays, have you covered as well with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. So go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And remember, May is almost over. So make sure to take your receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win $500 in the Shady May contest. Guys, I'm not sure if uh, the L.A. Lakers have gone to ShadyRays.com to get their Shady Rays because they are headed to Cancun here. So um, maybe Boston should check out the website as well. But nonetheless, let's get into some player props here. Gentlemen, uh, Delonte, lead us off. What do you got for tonight? Yeah, so I'm going with something small like Grant Williams over four and a half at even money. I think he's going to play 20-plus uh, minutes. He's played 25-plus minutes in the last two games. He's had... Um, let me see. What he, I'm, I'm not sure the exact points he had. Let me make sure. Um, damn it. Leaked on last game? Uh, just the last two games, because I know he's went over four and a half in the last two games. Um, uh, let me see. So he's had 12 and nine. So I think he's going to get extended minutes tonight. 
I think he'll hit a three or two. Um, I mean, he's going to get the shot attempts. He's shooting seven. He shot seven last game and six um, the previous game. I think he's going to be on the floor more without Al Horford. Uh, Al Horford's pretty much a net negative. He should be benched, shouldn't play at all. Uh, him or uh, Robert Williams should never play together. I don't know what Missoula was doing anyway, but I think Grant Williams is inserted. Uh, he might insert into the start. Might be inserted into the starting lineup, uh, which would probably give them a little bit more juice because he's at least going to play hard. For who? Uh, so, mm-hmm. For Horford? Yeah, yeah, for Horford. Yeah, yeah. So I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll get a few shots to to fall. And I like him over uh, four and a half. I also like Tatum over twenty nine and a half. So it's been three instances where Tatum has had under twenty points in the playoffs. And he's mm-hmm. averaging thirty six points per game. After that. So uh, I think he'll have a big night tonight uh, against against the Heat. Um, I mean, like I said, the, the Celtic shots just aren't falling. Um, that that's pretty much not a that's not a, a like a hit on Miami's defense. But some of the looks that the Celtics are getting are just not falling when they usually are. So I'm going with Jason Tatum over uh, 29 and a half, and uh, Jimmy Butler points, rebounds, and assists. If it's anybody that's going to play hard and try to close it out. In a big, big spot, it's going to be Jimmy Butler. So I think he goes over his points, rebounds, and assists tonight. Uh, Scott, what do you got for player props? So I'm going to stick with the supporting cast in Miami that's done pretty well lately. I'll look at Vincent. I'll look at Martin. I think Martin's number is way too low. I saw that at like 11.5 for points. That should be a lot higher yeah. because he's been incredible for them in the series. I didn't see numbers on Robinson. He's also been really good. It's actually kind of funny because I said he basically couldn't play in the series in game one. And he scored zero points in seven minutes, and then he suddenly became a great player in the series. So it really flipped full 180 for Duncan Robinson in the series. But for game one, it worked out well for me. But he's been good. Once again, Miami supporting cast has done a lot, and Boston's not guarding anybody. So I think that if you want to keep backing the guys who have gotten Miami to this point, you can keep going to the same guys until it breaks. And as of right now, it's still working. So I'll keep going to Vincent, especially after uh, his performance in the last game. I'm going to go back to uh, Martin. I am going to keep leaning to unders, though, on Lowry and on Love. Love, Mm. I really am anti for in this game because he played five minutes in game three, and Miami's, I guess, some of it might have been based on how much they were up by, but the actual medical staff just decided, you know what, maybe you shouldn't play again for the rest of these 43 minutes, and now Love's going to play. I think he might be a decoy. In this game at all, like he pl- he's usually playing around 17 minutes, but the fact that he left so early on into game three makes me believe that he might get even less than minutes in this game. I'm on his unders for either PRA, maybe rebounds and assists, but I'm not sure what role Love's going to have in the first place. Maybe I'm yeah. reading into it too much, but don't you think it's a bit concerning that Love, once again, did not return after the first five minutes of game three, and now his props are back to normal? Doesn't that seem a little bit odd? I had him over. He hits, I had him over his uh, threes made at like plus 150 and over his points at six. He comes in, he shoots a three. Uh, oh, he had five uh, points in like two yeah. minutes. And then he just. Right. Like, and then, and yeah. then his back. His he left back with an ankle up. injury, right? Yeah, but they were they were saying on the broadcast. And he said he could come back. back. Oh, oh, okay. I, I I don't know. I got an alert that it was his ankle. But the I point is, no, no, is I, that it's, it, was, it was very weird that he was, yeah. he was effective for five minutes and then he never saw the floor again because he got hurt. And now his props are back yeah. to normal. Is he actually fully back? I don't know. We'll see. But once again, the minutes have really not been there for Love in the series because defensively, he's a liability. Let's just tell it how it is. So I do think that Love unders I'll lean to. Lowry unders I like. Besides game one, Lowry has really not been a factor at all 
in the series, and I think it's probably going to stay that way. So I'd lean to Lowry unders for points. I just don't see it with him. But I am going to stick with the main core guys for Miami that have gotten them to this point. So I like Butler. I think Bam could have a big game. And I do like Vincent and Martin because they've earned like 35-plus minutes each because they've been that good in the series. I don't mind your Tatum call because I do think that if there's one guy that's going to go down swinging, it probably would be Tatum. And he had 10 rebounds for me last game. I back to the rebounds there. Uh, you could argue maybe every player in Boston might be blowout proof because this would be the season finale if they lose. So they might just let all the starters play all the minutes, even if they're getting killed. So yeah. I'm still on Jalen Brown unders until it shows me any type of intensity or heart. I'll keep taking the unders on Brown because he clearly doesn't want it. But for the sake of overs, Tatum, I don't mind. And maybe you could argue points and rebounds if he goes for a great game. For Miami, though, I'm going to stick with the main guys. I'll go with Butler. I'll go with Vincent. I'll go with Martin because they've just been so good the entire series. Yeah, I was looking at Caleb Martin threes here tonight. Um, going up to two and a half. I think that was at plus 230 on FanDuel, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's hit um, three or more in three straight games, or in all three games, I'm sorry, in this series. And he's att- attempted exactly seven in all three games uh, thus far in this series. Also getting the minutes as well. He's played at least 30 minutes in all three games so far for the Miami Heat. 35 last game, 32 game two, and 30 in game one. So he's been really effective for the Miami Heat. Also Derek Brown threes. Um, that number was also at a nice you mean Derek, plus Wait, money. you mean Derek White? Derek White, I'm sorry. I almost want to say Derek Brown. Derek White. Isn't that um, the end for Auburn? Yeah, yeah, that uh, <laughs> from Auburn. Uh, and he's also hit at least three in all three games thus far in this series against the Heat. Uh, three of five in game one, three of five in game two, and three of six in game uh, three as well. So he's been one of the more consistent three-point shooters for the uh, Boston Celtics. And again, most of his points, have, obviously all of his points, have been coming from the three-point land. Um, I think that number was at plus 135, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see if I can quickly go back and find that here. Actually, it's at plus 140. So um, I do like that as well. I agree about Jason Tatum with uh, Delonte uh, said. Um, love the stat about how if he scored less than 20 points, he, re- he usually does respond in a big way in the next game. And I think that at least Jason Tatum, we know he's going to get the shot volume. He's going to get the minutes. Um, man. He's done, right? We saw a 51-point performance that he had in Game uh, 7 against the Sixers. So he's more than capable of you know, getting over this point projection for the Boston Celtics. Um, Jimmy Butler's PRA, I can't argue against. Uh, if you want to go his steals and blocks as well, over 2.5, that's at minus 110. Um, attempted by triple-double at like 22-1. to one. I uh, Yeah, I mean, you can sprinkle on it for sure. Has he been sniffing around the triple double or has he been falling? Oh, no. He uh, I don't believe yet, the rebounds but... have been there. The assists have gotten there a couple of times, but the rebounds think, are usually like... at like seven or eight, I think. Six. Do you see Bam's number for triple double? Uh, Bam is. Sorry, let me pull that up. I don't see a default prop set up for that, so I'm going to have to probably just go into He'll the same do. game parlay and okay. do it. So let me just see what uh, I can get. Yeah, I was just going to mention that um, it's usually the assists that aren't there for uh, Bam to get that triple-double, but um, he was close in Game 2 where he had 22 points and 17 rebounds and 9 mm-hmm. assists uh, for the um, for the Miami. You know, we haven't really even talked about Bam. He's been having a really good series quietly 
especially defensively, I think, as well. I know the offensive stats, he did really well in games one and game two, and they really didn't need him in game three, where it was pretty much a blow, like we talked about in that fourth quarter starts in play. But he's quietly been really good for this Miami Heat team. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the series, that they were going to need Bam to really step up, especially defensively. So um, those were the kind of props that I was looking at. Um, anything else, guys, you want to mention before we get into our lock and dog? I'm trying to quickly pull up a potential triple double for Bam, but I they don't even have Bam ten assists by the way on FanDuel, so uh, I have to like <laughs> get really creative with this. Um, uh, what so if I told more... you Bam assists alone ten plus assists yeah. is plus three thousand? What if I told you that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bam triple double that, is oh they're really okay. So the calculator is clearly broken. Because Bam over nine and a half on DraftKings for rebounds, if you add it to 10 plus assists, only adds plus 500. What? So that's just an absolute rob. That's just a robbery. So, yeah, I'll figure something out. But Bam right, no plus assists is plus 3,000. Okay. Um, I was kind of going through my futures portfolio yesterday because the Lakers did loss and my bounce went to a negative balance. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers lost last night. I wish uh, I had um, a future portfolio. And I was kind of embarrassed to see that I had the Miami Heat to win the Eastern Conference at 6-1. to one. And this was when I picked it up like back in October. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, maybe if they cash here tonight, uh, um, you know, that'll kind of limit the damage what the Lakers uh, did for me. That's but right. um, yeah, hopefully uh, Miami Heat do get it done here tonight. All right, guys, let's get into our lock and dog for game four. Of the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Delante, why don't you lead us off, my man? What do you got for tonight? Look, man, I'm going to go with Boston as my lock. I'm gonna, I think they're going to win the game. Fan. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Boston as the lock. Uh, won't go into too much detail. I mean, we, we went over it uh, early on in, in the podcast. So, And as for the dog, I'm going with Tatum, 40-plus points at 5-1. to one. You can get that uh, – if you shop around, you can probably get like a little bit closer to 525, 525. So uh, I'm going to bet Tatum to go for 40-plus at 5-1. Love it. Yeah, I think that if, if Boston is going to go down swinging here, it's going to have to correlated, be on the back man. of yep. – Yeah, it is really correlated. So, yep. um, yeah, when Tatum finished up with 42 points here tonight and then the Miami Heat win by six points, <laughs> uh, you can you know celebrate your 5-1 to ticket. Yeah, uh, Scott, lock and dog, what do you got? Yeah, so I'm just going to go with my uh, gut here and what tells me from witnessing Boston's effort in Game 3 or lack of effort, if you want to put it that way. My lock's going to be Miami. I'm going to take Miami on the money line. I think they're going to win the game. Just simply put, I think Boston's dead, and I think that they're going to blow up the team. And as a result, my dog will be Miami minus 9.5 at plus 270. I think Miami kills them. It's really difficult for me to trust Boston to respond after what happened in Game 3. All the comments from Brown, the Missoula comments about losing the locker room. When you hear those quotes, the season's over. Yeah, I, I don't know how like a team's supposed to come back from that. At the end of the day, I know it's going to be a little bit of a cop-out to take Miami on the money line and an alternative spread as my lock and dog, but i got to trust it. Miami's going to win. I think at home they've been so dominant, and once again, with them having revenge after what happened last year – I'm not going to compare it to the Bulls beating the bad boy Pistons and blowing them out in the final game just to get revenge from what happened the year prior. But when you have a shot to not only beat the team that beat you last year, but embarrass them on national television, I think they're going to go for it. So give me 
the Heat money line is my lock and give me the Heat minus nine and a half at plus 270. I think Boston quits again, simply put. Yeah, I'm there with you. Um, I, I'm also going to be on Miami here tonight, uh, but I also do like their team total to go over um, 108 and a half. <clears throat> excuse me, 108 and a half is a number. Uh, Boston defensively just looks lost, man. And again, we talk about in-game adjustments. We talk about Coach Spo making those halftime adjustments for his offense to find that success, and they've been able to. And we talked in depth about how Miami's been able to get these open three-point looks. They have guys that can knock down that shot, whether it's Caleb Martin, whether it's Gabe Vincent, whether Kevin Love can knock down one or two for you. Kyle Lowry can contribute in that area as well. Duncan Robinson. And I think this is going to be a game where Jimmy Butler – is going to put his team on the back on his back and, and you know carry them into the NBA finals. So um, I think that they'll definitely score 110 plus points here tonight. So I'm going to take that as my lock uh, for my dog. I'm going to go with Caleb Martin over two and a half three pointers made here tonight. That's around plus 205. Um, like I mentioned, the numbers with Caleb Martin, he's getting the minutes. He's getting the attempts, and he's done it in all three games thus far in this postseason. Or sorry, in this series against the Boston Celtics, um, I just feel like those looks are going to continue to be there for him tonight. Whether it's in the corner, or whether that's in you know on the right wing extended, he's been able to knock them down and and really provide that scoring uh, punch for the Miami Heat. So, Caleb Martin three plus threes is around plus two forty. Definitely shop around for the best number. I'd also mentioned Derek White. So if you want to put a a two game parlay together uh, with Caleb Martin and Derek white, three plus threes uh, that number comes out to, and it won't let me do it for whatever reason, but I'll try to tweet it out, but it should be a nice plus price uh, for both of those guys uh, combined to hit three or more three point shots here tonight. It's at plus five seventy five over on DraftKings. So uh, Derek White three plus threes, and then Caleb Martin three plus threes. I'll give that as a bonus uh, dog plus five seventy five in the same game parlay. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for this edition of the. ENA Gambling Podcast. Possibly our last uh, episode before the NBA finals. Um, Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here, buddy? Oh, I know you kind of want to get out of here. And usually we push the hour mark. Or we're not really that close to it today. Do we want to touch upon LeBron's quote unquote retirement speech or do we not want no. to talk about it? No. Yeah. Don't I, even bother. I don't even want to talk. I, about I, tweeted this, I think we all I know that it's a bunch out. of nonsense, but I just wanted to get that in the air. Yeah, I tweeted this out this morning, and I said that LeBron just gave ESPN another month worth of content for them to talk about if he's going to retire or not. Oh, yeah, There's no way. Definitely happy. LeBron is no way walking away or retiring after being swept in the playoffs. That's just he's going to get the whole hoorah, um, yeah. you know, farewell. And you know, he's mentioned it multiple times that he's wants he wants to play with his son once he does into the league. So yeah, I'm not buying to that nonsense. Just to be that, clear, we're on the same you know, page. I say. just felt like we had to at least acknowledge how dumb that sure. uh, whole situation was at the end. I still believe that there's either two approaches that LeBron had. Either one, it's a threat to get the front office to maybe make a push for Kyrie. Maybe. The other one is the fact that you change the narrative quite well when you threaten retirement so nobody talks about you getting swept. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. You know, changing the public narrative might uh, pay some dividends there. I think that it's probably the latter. 
and Steven's talking about how LeBron might be a narcissist. He is. I do think uh, some of it could be a ploy (laughs) to get people to stop talking about him getting swept. I'm just going to throw that out there. He's a businessman at the end of the day as well. Yeah, that's it. it. Lante, anything else, my man? Yeah, man, to all my Lakers fans, I know it's tough right now, but please, Kyrie Irving is not the answer. Just just keep your tweets in the drafts. He's not the answer. I don't want everybody to be, you know, with egg on their face if they get Kyrie and it ends in similar fashion. He's not the answer. This is not he's not gonna get carried by LeBron. LeBron needs somebody that's gonna carry him where he can just play in spurts. So just try to try to stay off the Kyrie Irving uh wave right now. Didn't they try to trade Davis? Uh, yeah, I think they do. I want them to actually. I'm gonna mention you- this. Yeah, I I don't I mm. I don't think they do, but Trey Young or Kyrie Irving, Lante. Just one more to answer before we. I don't want to expand on it. Trey Young or Kyrie Irving. Damn, Trey. All right. Can you get a discount on Kyrie? Don't care, man. Kyrie's like Kyrie is capable of literally leaving, like in midseason and going to like Africa. For oh no, I get it. Reason. He's a team destroyer. I'm yeah, just saying, yeah. based on the Lakers' um, current roster. If Kyrie takes a serious pay cut and you can get Kyrie at, let's just say, a ridiculous $10 million, I'd rather <laughs> take like, Kyrie for one year at $10 million than 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 Trey for about Trey, like, yeah. So uh, right. including I mean, salaries, yeah, yeah. like, I, mean, I would take Kyrie if he takes, like, a mid-level exception type of situation. But if you're asking me right now, player for player, same contract, I'm taking Trey Young. Yeah, I want yeah. Trey, too. Yep. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, again, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, at SGPNNBA. Make sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Rice Radio. Follow Lante on Twitter at XXLante at Board824. Before you get out of here, make sure to smash that like button for us on the YouTube stream here. And if you haven't already subscribed to the NBA Gambling Podcast on the feed, uh, sorry, on the feed. Uh, uh, tomorrow, in some former fashion, uh, we'll recap uh, Game Four of the Eastern Conference Finals, and then we'll see. We'll we'll have definitely have content as we go throughout the week and lead up to the NBA Finals. Um, all right, guys, good luck with your bed here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna.